It's showtime, folks! Hola, this is Shelly Martinez. This is former WWE superstar Luke Gallows. Here's your boy Shaq Gaffney. This is the World Warrior Low Key. This is Charlie Sultan of Ring of Honor. This is Christopher Daniels. And the gospel according to the Fallen Angels says that you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. Hey, yo. Say hello to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, what's up? It's the ODB, one dirty pit. Boom! Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Is listening. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked in to the Virtual Matrix. Please stand by for all the latest in professional wrestling, video gaming, movies, and entertainment with Chris Kelly of HeadlocksToHeadlines.com and the latest in video gaming with the sensational sequel. What? Yes, he's back. And here is your host... The force is strong with you. Henceforth, you shall be known as... Money on the mic, J.J. Sexy! Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Guys, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy. Going to have somewhat of an abbreviated show tonight. Going to go just a little over an hour to an hour and a half. Got a lot of things in store tonight. 
obviously after the show, so we're going to end early. No video gaming segment tonight, but it will return next week. My apologies to you guys. Uh, we're going to run through the SmackDown results, and I'm kind of at a disadvantage because I didn't see the entire show. I literally just got home about an hour ago from having a, uh, a nice family dinner with my father-in-law and my, uh, my mother-in-law, who actually took me in Harmony out to the Olive Garden uh, to kind of celebrate a late anniversary for our five-year wedding anniversary. So I did see some matches on the card tonight. I'll comment on those, but the rest I'm going to be reading uh, pretty much the results of what happened. We're going to bring Chris Kelly of HeadlocksToHeadlines.com on the program and talk the latest news of the week. I'm going to open up the phone lines, take a few calls, and we're going to call it a night. I mean, I had initially thought about canceling the show, but I can't do that to you guys. So rather than not have a show, we're just going to have a shortened show. So I hope everyone is doing fine. So without further ado, I guess we should break down what happened on SmackDown tonight. So apparently we started things off, and again, uh, if I'm wrong on something, feel free to let me know what I missed. But according to the uh, results that I have, SmackDown started off tonight with Teddy Long basically calling Christian out to talk about what happened at, um, at the last pay-per-view, Capital Punishment, the fact that Christian was pinned as his leg was under the rope. And basically, Christian demanding another title opportunity because he was screwed. Teddy Long tells Christian that he'll have to earn a title match. And that opportunity would come later on the night against Kane. My big question here, and maybe somebody could fill in the blanks. What has Kane done in recent memory that earns him an opportunity to be the number one contender in a World Heavyweight Championship match. Because, you know, he's been tag team champion with the Big Show for, I don't know, how long now? And now that they're no longer tag team champions, uh, Kane's just kind of been floundering around. So that one kind of threw me off a little bit. Kane would have been the last person I would have said, okay, yeah, he's eligible to be a number one contender. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of lost there. First match of the night, we have uh, Sin Cara taking on Ted DiBiase. Did I tell you I'm not a big fan of Sin Cara's uh, mood lighting? Did I tell you I'm not a big fan of Ted DiBiase's music? Apparently, according to this, a cameraman actually had, uh, had the point where Sin Cara was supposed to be looking at the end of the match. So nice technical flubs there. Next up, we had Cody Rhodes taking on Daniel Bryan. 
And there was a promo that was done. I've seen bits and pieces of this where basically Daniel Bryan points to the Titantron and says, that's Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, your dad. Not a very good-looking guy. I like this gimmick that he has. I like that he thinks he's disfigured. You know, he, he almost has Kane's gimmick back from when Kane was going around and we thought he was all burnt up. And, you know, it, it's just it, it's kind of going that direction with Cody. Um, we have Mark Henry attacking the Big Show in a backstage segment. We have an intercontinental title match. Ezekiel Jackson taking on Wade Barrett. It's basically a, uh, a rematch to Capital Punishment in which Ezekiel beat Wade Barrett. Zeke wins the match, and Barrett is no longer in the hunt for the Intercontinental title. We have a match with Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater taking on the Usos. Uh, the Usos debuted a new entrance tonight, and I actually did see this match. Very good match. I like the new intro for the Usos. Their music is cool, but I like their uh, their tribal thing that they do at the beginning of the match. Again, it's kind of building some emphasis on the fact that these guys have a Samoan heritage. Uh, you know, it literally is in their blood to be professional wrestlers. And tonight they looked, to me, very crisp in the ring. They reminded me of a much younger uh, head shrinkers or more to the point, the Samoan SWAT team. And I think Booker even commented about that on, on commentary tonight. We thought the Usos were going to get the win here as uh, I believe it was Jay Uso comes off the top going for that Samoan splash. He's Slater getting his legs up and then rolling up uh, Jay Uso for the one, two, three. In defeat, though, they looked good. I like the fact that they're actually putting emphasis again on the tag team division or lack thereof. Uh, I'm not a big fan of both Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel together. I do think that Justin Gabriel has a lot of, of potential, and I think he could be a, a major star in the company. And, and I really wish they had a cruiserweight championship or a lightweight belt because, to be quite honest, when you've got guys like uh, you know Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd, Yoshitatsu, I really think that belt would be better suited in its own division where these guys have something to feud over and not be fodder for the mid-card main event talent on this roster. But, you know, again, that's just my opinion. Take that with a grain of salt. But I think the Usos are in, in store for a major push, and I look for them to become the unified tag team champions before the year is up. We have what's supposed to be a match between Yoshitatsu and Jinder Mahal. Of course, Jinder comes out with uh, the great Kali. This match doesn't happen as Jinder just goes in there and starts beating the living hell out of Yoshitatsu. Guido is saying, hey, uh, you know, for those who didn't know, that is little Guido uh, or Nunzio, I guess. Nunzio saying, hey, I haven't rang the bell yet. What are you doing? Uh, so Jinder beats him up, brings in the great Kali, who then does the chop to Yoshitatsu. And they leave poor Yoshitatsu uh, in a heap and the match never officially takes place. Jinder Mahal gets on the microphone and says that he's in store for bigger and better things, and this is only the beginning. So I like the promo. I like the fact this match didn't happen. It was him going out there and just laying waste to a superstar, which you know might be bad for Yoshitatsu, but makes Jinder Mahal look like a, a legit badass so far. Main event of the night, we have Christian 
who has a match with Kane. I mean, this was a really good match. There was a lot of near falls in this particular match. Uh, at the ending of the match, we have Mark Henry running out to attack Kane, which causes a disqualification victory for Kane and basically takes Christian out of the world title picture. Uh, Christian gets in uh, Mark Henry's face and demands to know why he did that. Looks like we're going to see uh, an in-ring skirmish between Christian and Mark Henry. Teddy Long comes out and says, hey, player, you lost again. You're out, you know, you don't get another match. You're, you've lost again. And then he says, I tell you what, uh, if you can win tonight, then you, you'll be guaranteed a World Heavyweight Championship match in this tag team match, uh, pitting him and Mark Henry against Kane and, of course, the Viper, Randy Orton. The finish of this match, as I recall, was Mark Henry getting the victory. To my knowledge, it looks like it's shifting to Mark Henry, which I think I, I said that months ago, that he would be next in line for that title. So again, not a bad show from what I've read, from what I've seen so far. Thank God for PVR, because I'll be watching that tomorrow. But uh, overall, not a bad show. I like the direction. I think that really, unless you're going to put the belt on Christian if he gets one more shot, you know, you should go ahead and bring Mark Henry in and have something happen there. I don't think Christian needs the belt. He's over enough without it. But at some point, I'm sure that, you know, that would be nice. It would be nice to have him have a lengthier world title reign, more than, you know, two days, mind you. But we'll see what direction they go in. But uh, that's going to do it for the SmackDown review. Not a bad show. I'd grade it, but I didn't see it, so I can't give you the proper grade. So my apologies to you guys, but, you know, life just got in the way tonight. So with that being said, uh, let's go to the phone lines, sponsored by HeadlocksToHeadlines.com. And joining me on the line, he is the owner and operator of said website, uh, Chris Kelly. What's going on tonight? You know, one thing I keep noticing about Christian is that when his music hits, he gets a pop. And that's because the fans are so used to popping up to that, to that song. Don't you think it's time for him to go back to an old song or change his song? Because that song is just too fan-friendly. There's a big opening sound for it. Like, I was looking at old theme songs. Why not go back to his original heel version of just of just close your eyes by waterproof blondie because that song just gets to, like touch of a pop yeah but you know what though that, that's just it though i mean and, and i talked with sean michaels about this on monday you know a lot of guys nowadays you know they come out they have very generic music at least when you hear christian's music you know he's gonna make his debut down the ramp i mean you know he's coming same with sean michaels old music right you know he's had that same music really, ever since he broke away from, from Marty Jannetty and was, was saddled with Sherry Martell. I really like when guys keep their music and they've had it for, for a lengthy period of time. So I, I, I'm going to disagree. I, I don't think he needs to change his music. I think he's fine with it. Why not, why not change it? Go, go back to the, the old version he had. Do you remember when he first turned heel? Back in like 2005 when he won the, inter when, when he won the, in the internet title and he cut his hair short? Are you, are, you, are you talking about the Christian? No. Thank God, because I hated that music. No, um, it's the water, uh, Waterproof Blonde version of, of Disco Drive. It's well, the slower version of, of the song. I preferred that version over the current one any day of the week. But yeah, at, at this like, point in time, I don't think you need to change it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. True, but I would. I think the fans would prefer to get like a song that makes you boom straight away because as soon as, soon as you hear that opening chord, you start cheering, and you're like, oh, crap. I'm maybe booing him. 
So surely, just like a tweak of it would kind of like what 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 they've done with, with Cody Rhodes. Well, I know, they they've tweaked it and made it different. But hey, that's my opinion. Now, of course, one of the biggest stories of this week is the technical the, the technical error during this Monday Night's Raw. Um, it was announced on www.com that the ropes from the first match, which are, which was of course the Diva match, kind of broke the ballot. And that kind of flooded over the whole night. And they didn't get it working until right at the end when they decided to use the WWE.com chat room to pick the results. Now, I know Andy said on the rewind that people didn't pay. You actually did pay. You actually had to pay your standard text rate for this. So do you think this, this will be the last time that WWE do an interactive um, uh, show? Because they, they just can't seem to get it right. It always seems like the votes keep getting mucked up. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, it's hard to call. I don't know. Because I was watching it yesterday, and you could tell that Mason Ryan was not expecting to be picked. His face was like, what the f*** happened here? Well, okay, you know, and, and that's the thing. I, I just I don't think that this whole let the fans choose, you know, especially with so many errors. I knew as soon as Mason Ryan was picked, it's like, uh, no, I'm pretty sure people would, would have rather seen him work Sin Cara. You know, it just it didn't make sense from a standpoint, but, you know, whatever. They're making up for it. We're going to see it this week. Oh, one thing I did want to say real quick, and I, I should have mentioned this a minute ago. Um, was anybody else kind of bothered by the fact that in that backstage segment with Wade Barrett and Slater and Gabriel that he talks about how he's done with the Intercontinental title, he's moving on to bigger and better things? Um, I'm guessing he might be. Then I'm guessing he might be in Money in the Bank. Well, that might be the case, but you know, again, and maybe it's just the, the old-fashioned traditionalist in me. But that belt, to me, I've always loved the Intercontinental Belt. Now, granted, uh, in the last you know 15 years, it doesn't seem like it's been very important. But at one point in time, that Intercontinental Belt was the belt in the company to have. You knew that when you had that belt, you were on the cusp of that next level. And for Wade Barrett to come out, you know, and maybe that's not, maybe it wasn't his, his plan to come out and do this. But to me, when you say, oh, well, I'm not interested in the Intercontinental title, I want to move on to bigger and better things. The Intercontinental belt is meant to be a big thing. And that just shows you how far that title has fallen. And I know it's a fake belt. I don't need somebody rolling their eyes right now. It's the prestige. I know. I know what it means. But it just it kind of bothers me that, you know, you take a guy who was the mid-card champion, you know, and in saying he wants to go the next level, he completely buries the mid-card. And I have a problem with that. Well, I'm guessing that he will probably be in Money in the Bank. And don't be shocked or surprised if he wins the Money in the Bank because Wade Barrett is a star waiting to happen. Wade Barrett will be a world champion. And I think when he wins the world title, he'll be fantastic just because... We saw him with the Nexus, how well the crowd hit him. We've seen him, how well he can work in the ring. I think, just give, I think, and I'm saying it right now, he will win Money in the Bank, the SmackDown brand, and cash it in and win it. Well, if anybody needs it, it would be him. Well, yeah, I mean, he's been kind of floundering ever since they broke up the Nexus. I, I personally think that breaking up the Nexus was the worst thing they ever did. I mean, giving it to, to CM Punk, I mean, look what he's done now. Has Punk done anything since the new Nexus was formed? No, that's made, that made you care about the, about that group. Nothing at all. Exactly. But one fact, one thing about the 
going back to the raw um, uh, fuck up. Uh, someone in, in the chat room and I agree. They they should go back, back to web routing. That's better. It's free. It's safer. But I'm thinking that this whole text only was possibly a pot shot at TNA. Bearing in mind that TNA have just banned cell phones from being used in their arena. See, I, I don't think that's it at all, Scully. I, 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 I see where you're going with that, but I don't think that's the intent. Again, the WWE doesn't need to take pot shots at TNA because in their mind, TNA doesn't exist. It is true. So, I mean, why would you go out of your way to even throw any energy at a company that you don't feel is a threat? Because literally, if, if Vince McMahon were to go out tomorrow and start talking trash on TNA, then a lot of the WWE followers that don't watch TNA would go see what's going on over there just to see what TNA has to say about it. And in the long term, Vince would basically be helping his competition. You're never going to see that. They're never going to put any emphasis into them. The only time they ever did anything like that was when WCW was, was winning in the ratings and were butchering them week after week with reading the live results of their tape shows. Right, but I'm, 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 I'm saying it could be a slight little, like... It's not. Not, not. It's like, not. Ah. It's well, not. Conspiracies. conspiracies. At all. It's not, Crowley. It's not. Vince McMahon could give two shits what TNA's doing on the other side of the fucking fence. He doesn't care. He's not interested. Okay, well, I'll take my conspiracy elsewhere. Now, apparently, the WWE creative, I said, I said we burnt out, because, of course, I had a book, pay-per-view, and two three-hour roars. And think, do you really feel bad for them? Because it, it is a job to, just to book a show. I mean, do you feel bad for the creative team for having to book nine hours of TV in two weeks? My whole thing with the creative team, and I feel bad for them anyway, is that you know all the reports that I'm reading is that Vince McMahon changes his mind 20 times in a day, and they have to go back and, and redo this and redo that because he's not happy with the way things are going. So when you look at it from that standpoint, and then you look at all these three-hour shows that they have to book, absolutely they're burnt out. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. just left the company. Why? Well, why do you think? He's tired of a man changing his mind every 10 seconds. I mean, I, I, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to stay somewhere where if I write something and it's good, and then five minutes later you say, oh, you know, I don't like the direction this is going, and you do this to me every day I write something, I wouldn't want to work there either. I'd get burned yeah. out real quick. And, and I said before, isn't it? Freddie Prince Jr. is a wrestling fan. So when a wrestling fan has to leave what he loves, that must be a sign to everyone around. But see, WWE doesn't want wrestling fans. They want soap yeah. opera writers. They want sitcom writers. They don't want wrestling fans because they don't promote wrestling anymore. They promote entertainment. Entertainment matters, Crelly. It's not about wrestling. And that's what I found funny on Raw when uh, CM Punk said that he was the world's best wrestler and that he was leaving World Wrestling Entertainment. That, I mean, to me, that was hilarious. Him just like a little slap on the face going, I'm a wrestler, not an entertainer. Uh, speaking of CM Punk, did you see that on Twitter he put out tweets saying that he's leaving and they were very similar to his tweets that he put out, sorry, uh, to a post that, that he uh, posted back in 2005 when he left Ring of Honor? It was word for word, basically the same, minus the dates. I mean, CM Punk is a very smart dude. And I think I think it was Charles that said on the Corscast, he will win the belt at Money in the Bank, and then the winner of the Raw Money in the Bank will cash in. I, 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 
I'm, I'm in agreement with him. I think that's exactly the direction they're going to go. I think that they're going to injure Cena by putting him in the match with Punk. Punk's going to go over. The crowd's going to go apeshit nuts. And then Miz is going to come out and become the face by beating CM Punk and keeping the championship and taking the spot that John Cena has right now Why Cena recovers from any nagging injuries he has so that when he does come back, he can get set up for Rock at WrestleMania. That's just my two cents. That's the direction I believe they're headed. Or Rey Mysterio. Because if you look on the advertisement, do you know the one that they've played during the pay-per-view where it, where Big Show and Hornswoggle, like reading for the little book? It was Rey Mysterio in the little picture. That, that, that was one grabbing the uh, briefcase. And Mysterio had been in a feud with uh, CM Punk. So what better way to send Punk out than putting over the gut that he's been feuding with for the last two years? Well, exactly. And, you know, I mean, they could go that direction. I think I, I made that point as well. And you could have, obviously, at SummerSlam, Del Rio and Mysterio, which would be a fantastic match, and maybe finally put the belt on Del Rio regardless. But there's two directions they could go. Which way they want to go, I don't know. But either way, I think that CM Punk's winning that belt on his final night with the company and losing it as well. That's, that's just the way I, I see things going down. Now, apparently there's set to be talk regarding a new show airing before War on uh, Spike. No, yeah, on Spike. Um, is it Spike or USA? No, now. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a new show before War on the USA Network. Um, it's kind of like Heat uh, back in the day, but it's just like a hype show. I think it, w- it would be better to have that show before the pay-per-view than the Raw, because I was a fan of, of the old Heat. I'm not quite sure what having a pre-Raw show will do. What, what will you put on that pre-Raw show? Would it be kind of like Superstars, where it's matches and segments? Or oh. would it be a non-stop hype show for Raw? Uh, I, would, I would almost say your best bet is to hype SmackDown a little bit and then maybe replay some of the stuff that happened on Raw the week before. That way you get your USA viewers interested in the SmackDown brand and you still cover the action that happened last week setting up for the upcoming Raw. If that's the way they do it, maybe it has legs. I don't know. I mean, other than putting superstars on an hour before Raw, which I think would be a a, a very good idea to bring in guys from FCW and even your lower card talent on superstars and maybe build that show up a little bit. Maybe, you know, incorporate some sort of a title. Maybe a cruiserweight belt. Maybe a television title. You know, uh, where Zack Ryder might actually have a chance of doing something. I mean, again, so many ideas, but who's listening, really? Well, I, I, I only don't think that right now WWE has any interest in putting Zack Ryder. I know you and Charles... It's a work. It might... It's a work. It's a work. No. It's a work, dude. This is where I disagree with you. If it was a work, they would have had him be on the wall last night, or sorry, on Monday, and be in one of those matches and possibly win the OC belt. I honestly think they have no interest in him. I think it's a work. I think they're waiting for the opportune moment. They're getting people mad. Look, the WWE has pulled off some brilliant works in the past. Brilliant. Matt, how about Hardy's edge slash leader? Biggest work ever? I don't see it. I don't see it being a work. I think it's just WWE... Just saying, screw you, Ryder. You're not getting over. I mean, just look at him on Superstars last week. He was over like crazy. And yet he was only on Superstars. 
I've, I honestly think that WWE have no interest in Black Friday right now. But see, you know, Shawn Michaels made a very valid point on Monday when he talked about wrestlers that have passion and those that don't. When you look at the guys in that locker room, whether they're main event superstars, mid-card guys, or lower on the card, Zack Ryder is a guy who has passion. He's creative, and he's taken the initiative. Now, in the past, guys like Matt Hardy have done the YouTube stuff, and it's floundered. But Matt Hardy's problem was he had a bad attitude. Zack Ryder's going out there and having fun with it. If Vince McMahon was really threatened by the fact that Zack Ryder takes jabs at the WWE and makes fun of them, those things wouldn't happen or he wouldn't be employed with the company. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. They're waiting for that right moment. If they had a problem with Zack Ryder, you wouldn't see him in backstage vignettes fist-pumping John Cena. I'm telling you, man, it's a fucking work. I mean, I can see that happening, like, say, and and this is the only way that I see it happening. Say if Cena's getting beaten down by two guys, then have Ryder run out and make the tape. I mean, I don't don't know if you know this, Crelly, but wrestling is a work. This gimmick, it's a work. It's all a work. I hope I'm not crushing anybody with that. It's a work. It still will be damaged, for God's sake. But, yeah, the only way I see it, say if um, Cena's getting beaten down and then you bring out Ryder to make the save. That's that that that's one way that I think they would. Uh, apparently, I'm still looking for conspiracies. I am not our truth, brother. There's go no watch. Hey, Crelly, if you're looking for conspiracies, look up Jesse Ventura on YouTube and watch Conspiracy Theory. All right. There's your conspiracies. Now, um, apparently, the idea behind Ted DiBiase reuniting with Cody Rhodes is kind of what they did with a uh, like kind of the same idea what they did with Miz and uh, Alex Riley that they're gonna have. Uh, Ted DiBiase do all the uh, those d- dirty work before ter- before finally turning him face and pushing him as a main star on SmackDown. Finally, it looks like the WWE have got their thoughts together. Finally, seen that Ted, Ted DiBiase Jr. is a fantastic face waiting to happen. And I think if they do this right, Ted DiBiase could be a big star, a big face star on the SmackDown brand. But the question remains: too little, too late. Let's hope not. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I, I, they've dropped the ball on him how many times? I mean, think back to Legacy. Then he should be known as a face. But they went with votes. They've never pushed him right. I'm hoping this, that this is their... Um, this, this is the right time. This, this is the time to get it right. Push him to the moon because, like I say, he could be a big star. I think he has passion. And I think the, the biggest ever error was putting him with Maurice because... As much as people would like him, you just can't help but stare at Marie, so she took away all the um, attention that he gained. Now, they're mentioning it in the chat room. There is a big new WWE DVD coming out, and it's regarding Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Now, on Twitter, there was a rumor saying that it was only based around the screwdrop. According to JR's Twitter, and he was the one that did the, um, inter- uh, the DVD, it's going to be about the whole feud. It's going to be about the whole Bret Hart Shawn Michaels feud. It's going to be out in October. In the it's going to be a three-disc DVD about the careers and feuds of the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels and Bret the Hitman Hart. Now, I think I think that'd be a quite good DVD to buy. Be quite interesting to see JI interviewing Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, and to finally get the truth behind their their feud and friendship. Now, I mean, I, I do want to say this. When I hear stuff like that, it just makes me think that when this DVD comes out, 
they're finally going to admit that Bret Hart leaving the WWE was, in fact, a work. Bret screwed Bret is the biggest work in professional wrestling. And as Harmony likes to point out to me all the time, if it hadn't been for the fact that Owen Hart died while still working for the WWE, Bret would have been back a lot sooner, and we all would have realized how this work would have worked. Now, what do you have? Apparently, there is talk about Gene Snitsky returning to the WWE. Uh, he was backstage at this week's SmackDown, and there's rumors backstage that he would be returning. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I'm not really sure what Gene Snitsky could offer to this current, like, to either brand. Unless you're going to have a big monster heel run over, run over Raw and take on Cena for, so, for someone to kill Cena. I mean, would you like to see Snitsky return? And if so, what brand? Um, I was never impressed with Snitsky. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a decent worker. I mean, I, I don't think the guy's awful in the ring. His It's not my fault gimmick was pretty cool. But, I mean, I don't know. What do you do with him? So, I mean, right. I don't know. I don't know what you do with him, though. It's kind of... Like, let's say, he's a big guy. He has one big feud was with Kane. He then kind of flandered and went down to, didn't he, um, ECW. So I'm not quite sure what to bring him back would do. But, hell, if they want to bring him back, so be it. Um, well, hey, hey re- regardless, regardless, if they bring Snitsky back and things don't work out, at least we'll all know that it wasn't his fault. Really? For the second time you really? go to that, that, that joke, JJ, in like the last six months? Really? Really? It wasn't his fault, Crowley. Really? Roll really? with it, man. Come on, really. <laughs> Move on. Now, Nothing to see as, here, folks. Move on. Now, as we saw a few weeks back, um, uh, Andy Levine won Tough Enough. And apparently, after winning Tough Enough, he went backstage and got absolutely ripped by John Lariotis. Apparently, for five minutes, uh, he was just ripped for not selling the Stone Cold Stunner and the slap correctly. And it's quite funny how he, how Andy's now been sent back down to FCW. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I watched that again. I guess I, I watched the final episode of Tough Enough the other night on the score. Um, right. And I, I got to be real honest. When Vince McMahon slapped the taste out of his mouth, he slapped him hard, but he didn't slap him so hard that Andy should have thrown himself to the ground. Uh, it was a bit of an oversell. And his selling of the stunner was was pretty bad. But again, we're talking about a kid who didn't really have a lot of prior wrestling experience and won this competition. So, (laughs) you know, you get what you pay for. In a tough enough situation, uh, you know, these guys are are trained just a little bit. They don't get very in-depth in their training. So, you know, at the end of the day, it was their call to put Andy over. And I'm not saying Andy's awful. But I just don't know if that was the right choice. I know Luke has come out and said that the reason Andy got it was because of the sympathy vote, the fact that you know his wife was pregnant, and shortly after winning Tough Enough, like the next week or, or the week of, he actually his baby was born. So maybe you could make that, that complaint that there was a sympathy vote there. From the episodes of Tough Enough that I watched, he didn't impress me as much as Luke. To me, he, to me, he, he, he looks a bit like Gunner from TNA. I'm not sure that he's a good or bad thing. He just looks like a big guy, and I don't think I'm, I don't think Gunner's good at all. That's Phil Shatter, I think. I'm not impressed with him, but he's he's buddies with Matt Hardy. I once again, I mean, not to go on a teenage tangent just yet, but I disagree with you. I think that Gunner Gunner is a guy that 
when he first debuted with was it Murphy as the secretary? Uh, sorry, as the uh, as the security yeah. for Immortal. I thought, no, this guy's gonna be gone within two months. But the way that they've pushed him and the, the way that he's evolved in the ring, I think that guy will be a big a big star. I think Sting put you know, Sting put him over a few weeks ago on Impact, and I like the fact that, that he's breaking out the F five. He kind of me looks looks like a bigger bigger version of CM Punk, and he's one of these guys where I didn't want to like him, but he's making me like him. But we're going to we're going to TNA in a in a bit. Um, well, actually, actually, we'll go there now. Um, now this thing that that was reported, I think, on the course cast, Matt Hardy suspended for two reasons: one, for arriving late to tapings; no, two, to, oh, sorry, to, two, for having the last name Hardy. Okay, three reasons. Three, three reasons. Number two, for being called Hardy. Number three, for putting the video of him tagging his girlfriend on the internet. Now, I'm not, like, I get that people were upset with him tagging his girlfriend, but that's his girlfriend's choice. That is very guy's choice. Crowley, let me ask you a question. We all know, on the, anybody who listens to this show from week to week knows how in love you are with Ruby Sky. Let me ask you something. How did you feel... Seeing her get tased by her boyfriend and her soon-to-be brother-in-law. How does that make you feel to see the woman that you love being tased, Crelly? That's what I want to know. Well, to, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what anyone No, no, it does matter because I'm asking you what your thoughts are. So it matters well, in that sense. It was funny, okay? It was funny to see her get tased. I mean, was she hurt like for a long period of time? No, was it Stinger? Yes. I mean, if she wants to get tased, so be it. Now, I now, mean, now, point next here. Let's let let's let's get to my point. This is a good one too, mind you. TNA just can't buy publicity like that. They're not jackass, okay? When you look at the the publicity that this company gets, it is by far and away each and every time they do anything or one of their idiot superstars does anything. They're branded as being fucking ridiculous. You know, TNA is not known for the great wrestling talent they have. They're known because Jeff Hardy's in a high-profile drug case. They're known because Ric Flair's getting sued. They're known because Kurt Angle has a DUI. Now they're known because Matt Hardy's taken a taser gun to his girlfriend. Again, publicity you just can't put a price tag on. And there used to be a saying, there is no thing, there is no such thing as bad publicity, but in TNA or Impact Wrestling's life, it seems like that's the only publicity that they get. And I'm going to use what Bischoff said. I mean, Bischoff often says that, that they're 10%, sorry, that, that the loudest 10% of the IWC is one that speaks too much. I would say that it's the loudest 10% of the TNA roster that screws it up for the rest of them. Because most of that roster are fantastically talented who would work their ass off, who work basically for pennies for that roster. Yet the last 10% who get paid the most, e.g. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, just keep doing stupid shit. And that affects, the, the minority affects the overall roster. You know, and, and, I mean, and let's, let, let's, let's just say, let's just say for a moment here, because not everybody that ever gets tased comes out of it okay. There are a percentage of people who have adverse reactions to getting shocked. What would have happened, Crelly, if Matt Hardy tased his girlfriend and she fucking died? 
Can you imagine the bad publicity not only Matt Hardy would get, obviously going to jail for you know probably a manslaughter charge because it wouldn't be something that he planned on doing, but can you not understand that point? I mean, again, we're talking about TNA employees who are too stupid to realize what they're doing is not the greatest image for the company that they work for. But then again, when your last name is Hardy, you don't seem to care about the company that you work for. You don't seem to care about the good decisions or bad decisions that you make in your life. True, but this event took place in North Carolina. And as we've noticed with Jeff Hardy's court case, a court case that has so much evidence and proof will take three years even to get another continuance. So this, <laughs> that case would have never got to court because it would have got continuance after continuance after continuance after continuance after continuance after continuance. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why Matt do it. Matt knew that even if he did hurt Bobby, it would never get to court. You know what, that's man? You know what? Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real honest. People probably rolling their eyes and be like, oh, my God, you're taking this way too serious. Well, you know what? I'm throwing my opinions out there. If you don't agree with my opinions, hey, more power to you. I'm going to sleep just fine tonight. The bottom line is, I love my wife. You would never see me on a videotape tasing my wife just because I think it's funny. Why? I love my wife and wouldn't put her through any undue stress. And I certainly wouldn't do something that stupid to her. And I certainly wouldn't want to soil my reputation and do stupid shit like that. But that's just me. And all that just for a few more YouTube hits. You know, look, if he wants to go join the, the, the cast of Jackass next week, there's an opening, apparently. And I know, um, I know a, lot of po- a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. Hey, don't drink and drive. Don't be an asshole. Now, speaking of driving, now, I'm not, there is a brand new promotion that is coming out of TNA, kind of. It's called, uh, I believe it's called the All Wheels. Yeah, the All Wheels Wrestling Company. And it's basically founded by Jeff Jarrett, and it's out of the TNA Impact, Impact Zone rest thing, and it's basically wrestling meets NASCAR. There's teams, there's, there's five teams, um, I mean, sorry, there's four teams, and basically half the team is made up with wrestlers, the other half is made up with NASCAR drivers, and they take the results of the wrestling matches and the results of the NASCAR racing races and whoever wins that gets the most points overall wins the match. Now, how does that work? Do they fix the races? I mean, how would that work? Because you've got one sport that's pre, pre-planned and one sport that's not planned. I mean, how would those two combine to make a realistic TV product? I don't even care. I don't even give a shit that you're combining fucking racing and wrestling together. Fuck that. I don't even care. I won't watch the show. I just don't even care. I, I don't care how it works. I'm not interested. If I wanted to see TNA Rejects work for this company so that they can still be employed by TNA Wrestling, I'm just not that guy. I'm sorry. I don't care. What's next? Monster Truck Wrestling? You're going to pull up in Bigfoot and then fucking have a match against the guy that's driving Gravedigger? I mean, for fuck's sake, people. This is a ridiculous concept. True, but I don't think you are their aim demographic. I'm thinking, and I'm not trying to be harsh here, but I'm guessing that they're going kind of for like the redneck community who want. Well, wrestling. okay, look, look. I am from 
Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas. I've lived I've lived in those places for 20 years of my life. You could consider me a redneck. I'm not like into NASCAR. I'm not into NASCAR. I'm not really into the monster trucks. When I was younger, yeah, I, I'd go see. I'd go watch Bigfoot. I'd go watch Gravedigger. But putting the two together does nothing for me. You know, the closest WWE ever got to that was Bob Holly, and it didn't work out so well. You don't have to be Southern fucking redneck to enjoy fucking stupid shit like this. I mean, what what's next? You know, hunting and fishing mixed with wrestling? And, and for those of you that say, well, we are kind of getting that, but we're not. Okay, look, look, we're not getting that, though. It's not like Shawn Michaels is going out on McMillan River Adventures and super kicking deer. You're not going to see you're not going to see Triple H pedigree and alligator, okay? <laughs> that would be a fantastic turn to watch though. But hey, that if that did happen, I would watch that show. Absolutely watch the shit and I'm going to watch the Shawn Michaels show. A because Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. And truthfully, I do kind of want to see him super kick a deer. So let's see what happens. Because the tagline, DMZ is saying the tagline for this show is that animals will definitely be hurt. And I want to see if I get deer get super kicked. And, and all seriousness, no. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to this show. It's not merging wrestling with, with you know, a redneck sport like hunting or fishing. Unfortunately. You know, it, it is a totally separate entity. It's just Shawn Michaels going out, having a good time. And filming this stuff. And I think it's going to work for that. But, again, you don't have to be a backward redneck to fucking enjoy stupid shit like that. I just think when you take racing and wrestling and you put them together in this amalgam, I question it. Because not every NASCAR fan is a wrestling fan. And not every wrestling fan is a NASCAR fan. You have your niches in both. Now, granted, you have some that are both. A quote from the chat room. My God, Barry's got a family, damn it. If you have JR doing the play-by-play for the hunting, I will watch that shit. By God, uh, by God, that alligator's got a family. He's got a family, damn it. He's got a family. He's beating that that mule like a government mule. <laughs> now, um, apparently TNA has reached out to six unnamed talent who work for the new Urban Wrestling Federation about working the upcoming Destination X pay-per-view. And apparently they, they can't work the pay-per-view because they all have contracts going through to 2012. And a few names, or a net, the, the biggest name that they wanted to bring in would, of course, Homicide, because he now works for that company. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I am looking forward to the, uh, to the Destination X pay-per-view. They're bringing back Six Sides. They're bringing back guys like Jerry Lynn, bringing back Low Key. I think this pay-per-view, just like last year's, um, wouldn't it, Hardcore Justice pay-per-view. I think this pay-per-view will be really interesting and it will bring in a few people. I know, I know people hate Six Sides, but the diehards love the Six Sides. You've got guys like Loki who were the, the pioneers of the Dexter Division. You, you, you've got Jerry Lynn wrestling with RVD, which will make the ECW fans happy. I mean, JD, I know that you're not really a fan of Impact Wrestling, but will, but will this make you, for one night only, break your... Um, your my boycott. Will you be watching the pay per view? Boycott. Uh, initially, I said yes, and let me let me let me respond to initially. Um, as it turns out, the Calgary Stampede, which happens every year in July, is actually going to be in effect that night on July 10th, and that day in particular is Family Day. 
So, unfortunately, I was going to host Sunday Night Showdown. I was going to buy the pay-per-view. However, I will be spending the day with my family at the Calgary Stampede and will not be back in time to watch it. Now, and I might try to catch a replay, but unfortunately, I will not watch it live because I'm going to be spending the day with my family. Because at the end of the day, family first here, folks. So, unfortunately, I won't be watching it live, but I will probably catch it later. And I'm thinking, like I say, if you look back to last year when they did that theme pay-per-view, Hardcore Justice, I think this pay-per-view will sell well just because it has so many different features that, that will uh, bring in the um, old-school fans. Um, now, here's the kind of last bit of wrestling news i got, and it kind of mixes with movies. Uh, Kevin Nash will be, a, will be appearing in a new movie. He, he will be appearing in Rock of Ages based on the Broadway musical. Um, now, I'm not quite sure what role he's playing, but this movie will star Tom Cruise, uh, Alec Baldwin, and Russell Brandt. I mean, that, that looks fun. So, Well, and, and, now, and now that's good that, that that news has been out there because that was one of the things that uh, struck me as funny last weekend at the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo is that Kevin Nash was supposed to be in attendance at that convention. He was not. Yeah. And when I talked to Diamond Dallas Page, um, I mean, I actually asked the director that set the event up what happened with Nash, and she couldn't give me an answer. And I talked with Diamond Dallas Page, and he basically told me that uh, he was shooting a movie with Tom Cruise. And so now we, we have actual proof that is happening. Rock of Ages, he will be in that movie. So, you know, kudos to him, and sucks that I missed him this past weekend, but hey, it's in a movie with Tom Cruise, man. It's pretty fucking exactly. cool at the end of the day. Did you see that Sting is now also in a new film? I did, but you know, you know what? And I hope this role that Kevin Nash is going to be in, A Rock of Ages, is better than Almighty Thor, because, uh, damn, I couldn't get past the first five minutes. Love you, Kev, but damn. Moving I mean, on. I, I never saw that film, but from what I heard from you, what, what I've heard from uh, everyone else, it's it, that's the way that, that that you get over is um it is insomnia. That that that's how you sleep. So, it, like I say, this this new film it has um great actors. So we will see how Nash, how Nash does in this, and who knows maybe down the line we'll have him back on SNS to promote the uh, film. But that's all my news. Unless you have some more news for us. No, I think that's pretty much going to do it. So I tell you what. Why don't we go ahead and take a quick commercial break and come back. I'm going to open the phone lines, probably have about 20 minutes to take phone calls. So we're going to make the calls very brief, guys. You have a point you want to make, call in, make it. I'll answer it, and we'll move on. I want to get as many calls as I can in a short amount of time because, again, we are on an abbreviated edition of Unplugged tonight. So with that said, let's go ahead and take a commercial break. We'll come right back with more Unplugged. Right after this, guys. I am the genius full of glory and renown, Lanny Popper. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network.
Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, Audio Wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Hello, I'm the mastermind, Mr. Zodiac. And I am Sergei Heminov, Russia's seven-time World Rubik's Cube champion. And if you are looking for somewhere where your voice can be heard... Where your opinions are not shut down by capitalist pigs. Where the best and latest wrestling topics are discussed. And where your pregnant wife can be sold for a pig and a tractor. Then look... Wait, what? I said where you can send in your questions and have them answered by wrestling fans. That's not what you said. Yes, it was. I have not had four shots of vodka for no lost memory. Anyway, if you enjoy wrestling as much as we do, then look no further than what would fans do. If you've heard something from the latest wrestling news or want to comment on your favorite WWFD podcast, no matter what the opinion, question, or comment may be, we want to hear from you. Please, don't hesitate to get in contact with us via our email, wwfe at ymail.com, and also on Twitter at SNS underscore WWFD. Oh, and Mr. Zod, do not be forgetting our new Facebook page. Just search for What Would Fans Do on SNS on Facebook. SNS, the best interactive wrestling radio network in the world. What Would Fans Do, archived every Saturday night, right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. When you want wrestling radio, you must look no further than the SNS Radio Network. Come now, let's have some vodka. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for wrestling radio tips on how to host your very own wrestling radio show. Wrestling radio tip 101, take listener phone calls. Here's how it works. 
You set up a phone line, and when a listener calls in, you answer just like this. All right, let's let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't really follow Hulk Hogan because I, I just kind of find him up to be a, a washed up douchebag. Skeet, 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 skeet. Yeah! It's been booming in the warehouse with, with Sinkata just starting in WWE. The t shirts and the mask have been up in the sky. So, you know, so your tennis shoes are in the side. I told Julio to hold up on him. All we have to wait for the shoelaces to come in and the bottom sole. What? In the bottom soul. What? In the bottom soul. What? In the bottom soul. What? Okay. Well, what you gonna do, brother? Well, I just take off my shirt. Yeah. Say my prayers. Eat my vitamins. Yeah. Say no to the holy God. And I'm gonna go after you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. What you gonna do when the two-inch pythons run wild on you? <laughs> Bye, little. Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame, 2011, and you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. Then he's get weak, whenever I'm around, they see me walk, they hear me talk, I make them feel like they're all cloud nine, just a sexy boy. I have to say that of all the liners that I have done and of all the interviews that I have done in wrestling radio since 2003 when I broke into this business, that that by far and away has to be the one that I have wanted for so long. And to finally have that, I am just, there's not words. You know, I, I probably sound like a, like a 12-year-old kid marking out. But you know what? I got to say at the end of the day, that I'm proudest of that one. I don't know that I'll ever come down from the high of interviewing Shawn Michaels for not 15 minutes, for not 20 minutes, but damn near 75 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes with Shawn Michaels. I don't know of any other radio show out there, terrestrial, satellite, internet, that can make that claim, but by God, I can. Well, you, well like you mentioned that, I, I was actually doing some research. And I, I was even looking when he left WWE first time. And I, I, I've been looking around, and his longest interview, even for TV, was 15 minutes long. So for us to get one hour 15, we, that was his longest ever interview that I could find. Congrats, you hold a record. The longest ever interview that Sean Michaels had given to media. You know, and going back and listening to that interview, again, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to put myself over, and I'm not trying to have a big ego here. But going back and listening to that interview after the fact, you know, putting aside J.J. Sexay, putting aside me, and listening as a wrestling fan, that was a pretty fucking epic interview. And 
you know, I, I said this on Monday. I want to thank Shawn Michaels for actually giving us that time. He didn't have to, and ladies and gentlemen, he didn't expect to. But you can hear it in the interview. He's having a good time. We're talking about relevant topics. Uh, at no point did he say, well, hey, I got to go until after I said we're running long. And that was almost an hour into the interview. So that's got to tell you something. At, at the end of the day, I'm proud of that. You know, I'm glad that Sean was on the show. Hopefully we get him back in the near future to talk a little bit more. Now, there, there's actually a bit that didn't make it to air. But when you and I and Trey had to sit there and listen to the wait, the waiting music, that music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, my God. I even go to you, you and Trey. Only on Wrestling News Live could we have to wait and listen to the waiting music. And that music sounded like kind of a funeral music, didn't it? It didn't even wait. That's how it, like, it, wait was, on the- it, was, it was elevator music. Uh, and see, here's the situation. Sean, and we really lucked into this, guys. I'll be real honest. Because what originally happened was he was supposed to call... And we were going to get that 20-minute interview. And unfortunately, he tried calling in. But see, when you block your number, Skype doesn't always pick up on it. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And he couldn't get through because of Skype. And 30 minutes after he was supposed to join us, I started to call his agent. His agent calls me and says, hey, Sean's been trying to get through, uh, but he's not able to. So he's got an interview in five minutes. Can we call you back in a couple hours? And you reschedule. And I said, absolutely. So he said, if, if Sean can't get through, then I'll patch him through my number. Because obviously he called in and got me through the number. And so that's, that's what ended up happening. And, uh, you know, we just lucked into it. He really, he was so burnt out on interviews all day that he really wasn't even looking forward to doing that last interview. But I don't know if it was, you know, from the intro or whatever, the fact that we made him laugh. He was so laid back and relaxed that, again, for a guy that didn't want to do another interview and was only expecting to do 15 to 20 minutes, to do as long as he did and cover as much ground as he did, it was crazy. And, and I, I, I'm very humbled at, at that fact that we were able to do that. And I have listened to that interview about three or four times, mainly because first time I listened to it live, then I listened to it on Wrestling News Live, I then had to do a transcript, I then had to put it onto YouTube. And each time, in my opinion, and this me, me being... Because, hell, I wouldn't have to even on the interview. I was there, but I wouldn't on the interview. That was probably the best ever pro wrestling interview that I've had. So, full credit to you. But I must say, JD, you, you must have one fantastic booker for talent. That guy is at a pay rise, just saying. <laughs> I, I do have a pretty good booker for talent. So, one of these days, he might actually get paid. So, with that being said, guys, uh, I don't want to toot my horn anymore. I think we've done that enough tonight. I want to go ahead and open the phone lines, take a few calls before we wrap things up tonight. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I have a hot date tonight with the uh, 51% owner. And uh, we're going to go see Green Lantern tonight. So, uh, you know, just had a magnificent dinner at the Olive Garden with uh, with her parents. And uh, now we're going to have part two of that date right after the show. So, with that being said, the phone lines are now open. 501-588-7957 is the number to call. Remember, these are going to be brief. We're not going to be doing this for too much too much longer, so make the call pretty brief, please. Now, have you got a chance, and I know we're not doing game, gaming much, 
But have you got a chance to see the new Black Ops maps that are coming out? You have reached the Free Marijuana Hotline, a new pilot program run by the Medicinal Marijuana Council of the National Institutes of Health. As you may know, the Federal Medicinal Cannabis Act has now legalized the medicinal use of marijuana in all 50 states. That's awesome. But, JD, I want to know about the marijuana usage that's now available in all 50 states. I mean, that doesn't affect me. But I want to know, JD. I want to know more. Well, then maybe you'll just have to look that up. But let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Caller, are you there? No, he is not there. Maybe he got... Yes, I want the weed. Maybe maybe he got scared by the weed man. Listen, you know what? I know you guys think it's cool to prank call me, but it's really not. And you want to be a part of the show? Then don't prank me again. It's kind of annoying. It was I mean, funny the that... first time, right? After that, it gets real old real quick. I so, want this hand Let's uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Sponsored, of course, by headlocks dot com. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Uh, this is Anthony. Anthony, what's on your mind? Uh, since you said you want to make the um, these calls brief, I'll do that right now. Um, I think that having another Orton versus Christian match, while they always have good matches, I think it may happen too soon to do another one. But if they do this, I think they can have like Christian lose the match early in the pay per view. Then before the right before the SmackDown Money in the Bank match happens, he knocks out one of the guys, takes their place, then gets the briefcase. So they can do what he, uh, Miz did when he won it. That's not a bad idea. You know, with with Mark Henry though pinning Randy Orton, I would think that automatically puts him in the hunt, and he should be the number one contender. So. You know, it almost makes you think that Christian is probably going to have to jump in money in the bank and maybe either win that for SmackDown. You know, I think it really, depending on who they put in the money in the bank SmackDown match, I think Christian and Wade Barrett will be your two top guys who would need that push. But, you know, I think Barrett needs it more than Christian, obviously. True, because um, right now I think they're going to have Jackson go against, I don't know who they're going to have Jackson go now for the belt. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, he's kind of stuck in limbo unless you put Christian back in the mix. I mean, uh, there's always Jinder Mahal, but I think he's he's not ready for a title. I mean, shit, he's only been there a couple of weeks. I wouldn't I wouldn't even put him in the hunt for a title until he, you know, starts beating up legitimate guys. I mean, not that Yoshitatsu is not legitimate. He's a good superstar, but he's treated as a jobber. So when you're put in a match with a guy that gets the recognition of being the jobber in the company – you're not exactly going anywhere. I mean, Daniel Bryan is one that you could do. <coughs> but he's Rhodes. a face. Cody Rhodes would be my top candidate. I'd rather have them than, let's say, Greg Colley for some reason. Yeah, I, I can't see Greg Colley in that position. Yeah, those two did not equal Matt Classic. <laughs> no, well, Greg Colley and anybody doesn't equal Matt Classic. Unless you count that match he had with... Oh, wait, that wasn't that good either. Never mind. The Great Colley is a fantastic wrestler, JJ. Don't, don't lie what to me. What the heck are you smoking, Crowley? The weed. Didn't you hear that the weed is now legal in all 51 states? Medicinal marijuana is now legal, Crowley. So. Yeah, uh, that's what I've been borrowing from Jeff Hardy. So. Well, I, I've been saying you've been sick in the head for a while, so hopefully that's working out for you. Well, that that last corner made, made it clear to me that, that I'm allowed to have it. So well, there you go. I thank, I thank the last corner for informing me that I'm now allowed weed. Thank Absolutely. You. So, Anthony, anything else on your mind, man? 
Um, not really. Uh, just said that even though you were busy, you were able to give us this show, so I'm not going to complain and say thank you for that. No problem, Anthony. Again, it's not just a slogan that we like to use here, for the fans, by the fans, but we, we try to live up to it. So thanks for the call, man, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right, let's go back to the phone lines, and I, uh, I believe we have a caller on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Uh, hello, JJ. It's assumed to be unemployed Don Bronx. What's going on? Oh, you're not going to be unemployed. Don't worry about it. Hey, I wouldn't. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. In all honesty, I wouldn't have believed it either. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is I just got confirmation during that commercial break that it is, in fact, Harmony. She's on her dad's computer. And if it wasn't for the fact that she was revealing things that only Harmony would know, I wouldn't have given her owner status. So don't feel bad because we do get trolls in this chat room from time to time that like to think that. In fact, I want to say good job on your part for taking the initiative to be counteractive. Uh, the fact that you went in there and thought that, you know, again, she might have been a troll and you took the necessary steps, you need to be complimented on that. So don't worry about it. She's not mad at you. And at the end of the day, I'm not concerned with it. So just breathe in deep, dude. You're fine. Well, I mean, I've had a really shitty day, which I won't get into detail because this is a, you know, I know you've got things to do, but it's been a real shitty day. But anyway, um, I wanted to ask you about this whole CM Punk versus Cena thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's looking to me, there are a lot of theories on the net going around saying that they're doing this to placate CM Punk and hopefully get him to stay and that he may even get the title in the hopes that he'll stay. Uh, but I've also read where a lot of people are mistakenly thinking this is about money. And, and I don't see that. I think they'll give CM Punk anything he wants. I think it's really about the name. Uh, what do you think? Do you think Punk gets a title to try to, you know, give him the idea that he's being pushed and get him to stay? Or do you think this is going to end up in a squash because they know he's not going to stay? Um, <clears throat> that's a really good question. Uh, let me be real honest here. I, I think at the end of the day, Punk is not going to do anything that's going to damage his relationship with the WWE because, granted, when you wake up in the morning and you've trained all your life to become a professional wrestler, at the end of the day, your goal in this business is to be the world champion in the top promotion in the world. And whether you agree with that or not, the WWE is the top and most recognized promotion worldwide. CM Punk has already been a world champion multiple times. Um, he has made a name for himself, a name that he made on the indies as CM Punk. When the WWE likes to go through these phases where they want to trademark a name and they expect to be able to trademark that name, like it would be, it would be a situation where if he gave them the rights to trademark that name away from him, who's to say that six months to a year down the line, creative might not have anything for CM Punk and they let him go? Now, here's the problem with that. CM Punk, a name that he built up, he went to the WWE, and that name was lifted to the higher echelon of professional wrestling. Well, now CM Punk, he can't go out on the indies, and he can't be CM Punk. He can't go work for another company. He can't be CM Punk. He can't be that character that he made popular or that the WWE helped to make popular. He'd have to be Phil Brooks or some other stupid name. And Phil Brooks, of what? course, is not a stupid name. That is his name. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But you have to come up with some generic or stupid name other than CM Punk 
because the WWE would own his name. I don't agree with that at all. It's the same situation. I brought this up on Monday. The same situation for a guy like Steve Austin, who, when he came up with the idea of having an Iceman-type gimmick, you know, this, this cold-as-ice character, he went to the WWE. They gave him a list of fucking lame-ass names like the Iceman and uh, stupid fucking shit, okay? Chili McFreeze was one of them. Chili McFreeze in Foley's book. Chili McFreeze. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin rebranded as Chili McFreeze? And that's the bottom line, because Chili McFreeze said so. <laughs> if you like the name Chili McFreeze, give me a hell yeah. If hell you'd no. like some fries with your chili dog, give me a hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it just, it, and that was part of the reason that he walked out on the company in 2002, 2004. That's 2004 because of the name issue. When Steve Austin was going out and making appearances and doing things outside of the WWE, Vince McMahon owned the rights to the name, and he wanted a piece of that. Well, again, he might have licensed the name and marketed it, but he didn't come up with it. And I think CM Punk, is, he's got a very valid point because at the end of the day, if you have made a name for yourself and some other company buys that name from you and licenses it, Who's to say they don't turf you six months down the road? Now, granted, I think Punk is, is a major star with the company, and it sucks that he's going to leave. But he has every right, in my opinion, to not want to be a part of the WWE if they don't want to you know, let things stay the way they are. Look, bottom line, for a long time, he's felt like he hasn't been important enough in the company. And to a point, he's right. When he was on SmackDown as you know, the straight-edge society, I thought that that was one of the best gimmicks going. And he's been util- he's been underutilized when guys like The Miz, who's talented, and I like The Miz, but I think CM Punk, in the long run, is a better character than The Miz. And that's saying something, because I'm a Miz fan. I just feel like CM Punk might be a little put off by the direction the company's going in. I think that he is one of those guys that really does enjoy the wrestling business, and maybe not so much the sports entertainment business. You know, not to say that that won't change one day. I'm not saying he's never going to come back to the company, but I fully believe he's leaving. Maybe he'll go back to ROH. Now that ROH has a new logo, they've been bought out by Sinclair Broadcasting, and maybe be the big fish in a little pond to help elevate them to the next level because that's a place where CM Punk can go and actually wrestle. And in the grand scheme of things, if he goes and helps this company along and they become a big deal, piggybacked off the fact that the WWE's one of the biggest superstars they had in CM Punk left the company to go back to ROH, well, then that puts them in a pretty good spot, don't you think? Yeah. Well, I'll just, you know, in closing, I'll just say, you know, two things. I, I can kind of see both sides of the coin. I mean, on one hand, you know, the WWE, look, Vince McMahon will be dust before his money is exhausted. He's got more money than he'll ever need, than his grandkids will ever need, than probably their grandkids will ever need. So to trademark a name when you're at risk of losing a superstar is kind of stupid. Let him keep his name and re-sign him. But on the other hand, you have to think about this, JJ. If he does it with CM Punk in the future... You know, the old saying, if I do it for one, I got to do it for all. He, Vince McMahon may be afraid of a wrestler's, you know, kind of, 
revolt in the future where guys are going to say, well, I want to keep my name even though I'm leaving. You did it for CM Punk. You did it for CM Punk. I mean, that could be a side to the coin, too. But I'm 95% on CM Punk's side. I think let the guy keep his name. He's a big enough star in your company. And just, you know, give him a push. He's been working hard. He's been busting his ass. You know, it, it just... If it's not about money and it's just about a trademark, you've got enough money. Let him keep his damn name. I mean, that's how I feel. Now, you make an interesting point, Bronx, and I want to wrap this up pretty quick. But uh, the, the point that you're making, and, and I agree to a degree with what you're saying, the difference between everybody else and CM Punk is that CM Punk has been CM Punk from day one. You know, this was his name. This was his gimmick. You know, he was in TNA as CM Punk. He was an ROH as CM Punk. He's traveled the Indies. He's worked in Japan as CM Punk. The difference being, a lot of the guys in the WWE, they were given those names by Vince McMahon. You know, Husky Harris, that's not his name, given to him by the WWE. Uh, Michael McGillicuddy, his last name is Hennig. That was given to him by the WWE. So they're taking proactive measures now where they don't have a situation like this in the future. So I don't think you're going to see this, this result uh, again unless they sign someone who's a major star with a big name, who's been on the indies, has been in other companies with said name, if that happens, then, yeah, you've got a similar situation. But all these up-and-coming guys that you know maybe have little to no experience uh, that are given these new names, you really can't go in there and say anything. John Cena, that's his real name. Uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, they did this so that when he leaves, he can go back to being Bryan Danielson. I mean... Well, and- there, there are hate. steps they've taken, but CM Punk got in under the radar before all this took place, and I can completely see his end of the argument here. One thing about Daniel Bryan is that they trademarked, like, when he signed a contract with the E, he signed away the rights to the um, slogan, The American Dragon. So when he was released from the E early last year, he could not be called The American Dragon on the indie scenes. But you pick up someone that came into WWE, made a name then left, just like an MVP. MVP now is arguably the, over like crazy in Japan, and that's because he, he came up with the idea of MVP. And WWE wanted that, but he said no. So he owned the right of it. Just look at Cabal, low-key. He wanted to use the name low-key in WWE, but no, Richard Man wanted him to be Cabal so he could own the rights and privileges to the success. Richard Man wants to make names so he can trademark them. And that's why he didn't want to. Uh, that's why he re- rarely acknowledges the outside um, independent teams. That's why, for example, Daniel Bryan. That's why we got Cavill. Uh, Mister Man wants to make names. Sinkara. He could, could he? He could have bought Mystico. He had the money. But Mister Man wants to make names. Yep. And that is something that. Isn't it? that that's what uh, Loki t- t- said to us in the interview last year. No, and he's right. And and from that standpoint. I completely agree with it. Bronx, I appreciate the call, man. We've got to wrap things up. All right, good night. All right, I think that's going to do it for tonight, guys. Sorry. Uh, I will be back regular schedule next week. I will uh, be doing the video gaming and obviously a movie segment because I'm going to go watch Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds here momentarily. So I will review that next week on the program. We'll definitely have some things to talk about in the video gaming segment. Again, sorry for an abbreviated version tonight, but uh, that's going to do it. For the show, so on behalf of uh, headlocks to headlines.com, Chris Kelly, we call him Crelly, the fucking foreign kid. 
I'm JJ Sexay, and guys, you've just been unplugged. Good night, everybody. Peace.
Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out.